For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 um, families united sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've, and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? I think today is a, it's a historical day for the PGA Tour and the game of golf. Uh, and it's a historical day for the PIF and the DP World Tour. And you're right, you know, there's been a lot of tension in our sport over the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf. We've recognized that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can working apart. And I give Yasser great credit for coming to, the t coming to the table, coming to the discussions with an open heart and an open mind. We did the same, and the game of golf is better for what we've done here today. <laughs> you know, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, is here. Rita, you know what this is all about, right? We know what it's all about. It's so funny. It's so funny uh, to hear this. Is, those were statements from the same person coming out of the same mouth about a year apart. That's Jay almost Monahan. to the day. Almost to, right, to, almost to the, the day, day the right? Mm -hmm. Right. So Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA. Hey, listen, those people over there, that live golf thing and sports washing. Hey, you don't have to apologize for being down with us because they're doing something different. They're doing sports washing. They they have to live with themselves. I don't know how they even sleep at night. Their <laughs> conscience must be heavy. How could they? How could those golfers go over there? But no, not us. We're nice and clean. We do it the right way. That was last year. Mm -hmm. Today, we have a merger. We have a merger between the PGA and the, I love the way this headline puts it, the Saudi-backed LIV, Live. Live Golf Tour and PGA merger 
all one big happy family now, Rita. And all I can say is, you know, don't get in the middle. Rita, I'm just gonna give you some advice. You know, you can take it. Take it for what it's worth. You don't have to take my advice. I'm just gonna say, don't get in the middle of a family argument. Don't get in the middle of it because it's generally about one or two things. No matter what all the uh, all the people say it's about, it's generally about one or two things. Usually money is at the center of it. Like if you and I have an argument, like you get mad at me, you'll probably get mad at me over you feel like I owe you some money or something. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not my fault. It's Gary or Natalie's fault. It's not me. <laughs> It's not my fault. Anyway, but isn't that what this is all about? Isn't this just about money? They, they, it was separate money, and now all that money is coming together. And forget about all the storylines we had this time last year. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a prophet uh, slash rapper named Little Wayne once said, "The money is the motive, right?" And so anybody can be bought, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to corporations, when it comes to businesses. You know, people try to pretend that they have some type of morality, and then if there's a number that is high enough that can get you to change your mind that is said or that is met, then that immediately goes out the door. And I don't think that this is any different. We literally watched a press conference from a year ago of him pretending to have some type of morality, brings up the 9-11 because we know that the families um, were against uh, players, PGA players playing um, in the live tournaments. But now all of a sudden it's a new day. And, and so what has changed? And the only thing that we can come up with, Holly, is the number changed. The number was met. Right. That's right. Was set. Here's my my uh, where I, I, I'm like, oh, this is messed up because you had guys that were riding and dying for the PGA tournament. You had guys that were turning down money from the live tournament and saying, no, I'm being loyal. I'm a rock with P the PGA and, and I'm not going to do that. And, and, you know, I can't be bought. And now all of a sudden you're part of the same corporation now that has merged with that. So now they have you looking foolish because you were right. loyal to a fault and they had no loyalty, none whatsoever. So what did we learn in this message here? I don't know if we should talk about this, but I'm going to say it. Maybe we shouldn't be loyal to corporations because they're not loyal to nothing right. dollar when right. it all boils down to it. Right. And and I'd say and the other thing, you bring up a great point. The other factor here is not only were some of these golfers loyal to the PGA tour and saying, Oh, I, I you know, I'm not going there, even though they offered me X amount of dollars. That money, as we know, with contract negotiations, is never coming back. Yep. So Absolutely. I guess I guess they can say, hey, look, I never I never sold out to the live tour. On the flip side, PGA tour is now the live tour. Yep. It's one and the same now, and they cost you money. Yeah. Like if you if you were tempted to do it, well, you probably should have done it. Yep. <laughs> you probably should have done it. And <laughs> because because the money, the money is now gone and it's just there's so many questions now about what this is going to be with all these previously competing interests coming together. Is Monaghan still the central figure in this? 
uh, it, do, do golfers say, wait a minute, if you're merging with the live tour, it was it was if it was sports washing last year, have they now disavowed any kind of connection to the bankroll the people who bankrolled them last year? Is this a new day now just because they're under a the same umbrella as they put it? Does that mean they're clean now and they were dirty last year? There are a lot of questions <laughs> about who's running this operation, who's in charge, and what it means for the golfers. I, I, I do wonder this, Rita, and I'll, I'll, throw, I'll give you the last word on it because I want to talk about some more corporate hypocrisy mm -hmm. in a different sport. <laughs> I wonder if there will be another golf tour in the U.S., in Canada, in Europe, that doesn't have obviously overtly dirty ties. They say, well, look, well, look, if PGA and Liv are getting together, I don't want to be down with either one of them. So we're going to start our own thing. Okay. We're going to start something else. And we're going to recruit those golfers who have some kind of discomfort being affiliated with PGA slash Liv. We're going to give them another alternative that they can have a clear conscience with this thing. Maybe. Or is that I mean, too pie it be, in the sky? I mean, yeah, it might be too pie in the sky, right? But but wouldn't it be cool? I believe that, that golfers are meeting today um, at 4 p.m. to talk about this new merger, right? And what if guys decide that they don't want to be aligned with this merger and decide that they don't want to play, wouldn't it be cool if they found a way to band together and create some type of or, or get some investors that could create what it is that they're looking for? Um, right. I mean, I think. I think that that would be pretty cool. I mean, look, Tiger Woods turned down, correct me if I'm wrong, like $800 million um, from the, the live uh, tournament. So, but we know Tiger Woods is not broke. Now, is $800 million a lot of money now knowing that the you're actually merging? Sure, absolutely. But if Tiger Woods feels, and I'm just using him as an example, I do not expect Tiger Woods per se to do anything. But if you have a guy like a Tiger Woods who has influence, who also has money and says, well, let's create our own supplemental league so guys who don't feel comfortable being a part of this league can now still continue to golf and still continue to be a part of something that they can stand behind, I think that that would be a great alternative for what it is that they're looking for. I I'm just curious to know who would be the, the catalyst for what that movement would be, but I definitely think that you would have to get some guys with some large names behind you in order yeah. to make that happen. Hey, Greg Norman did it with Live Golf. Yeah, uh, it could be done. And and Tiger's got a lot more money than Greg Norman. If yep. I can count their money for them, uh, I know Tiger's <laughs> doing very well. Uh, I, but I, the, the the funny thing, I, I, love, I love the great line from Monahan. He left the part out. He said, "Oh yeah, he opened his heart. He opened his mind." And you all opened your wallets and combined them. And that's what this was all about. Forget about your open heart and your open mind. Now, spe speaking of an open mind, or maybe not open mind, but a confused mind. I'm a little confused on this, Rita, in, in this sense. We have a, a yet another report of an NFL player, NFL players gambling. Okay, they're gambling. Uh, they're caught for gambling. Uh, in the case of Isaiah... Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts. He bet on Colts games. Well, I, to which I want to say, dude, do you watch the Colts? <laughs> 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 like, 
Man, why you listen? Listen, you go bet, bet on the Chiefs, bet on the Bengals. No, I'm just playing. No, no, seriously. But he bet on Colts games, $25 to $50 at times. You shouldn't do that. No, no, no. We know you shouldn't do that. You cannot be an NFL player betting on games, especially games involving your team. Yeah. But on the flip side, Rita, I got to say, like this has been very lucrative for the NFL everywhere. I'm not exaggerating everywhere. I turn everywhere. I look if I want to read an article about something uh, on a draft pick or free agent signing or anything. I see some kind of reminder about the NFL's relationship with with, with gambling. They're saying hey, bet on this. Here are the odds sponsored by this sponsored by that. We'll do the same thing. Like we'll have a, I'll say who are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. We'll put up a graphic and it will say brought to you by, okay, whatever. So the NFL has jumped the broom. Come on now, we're gonna teach y'all something. Everybody don't know what that means, but yeah. NFL has jumped the broom. They jumped the broom, and so now we're married. Now they're married yep. now to a lot of gambling operations. He's married now. Yet, yeah, 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 yeah. They stand here and say, but no, no, no. Players, you can't do that because, because the credibility of the league is at stake if people believe that the players are not in there for fair competition. And you can recite all the talking points, but let me flip it around and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the word on this. What if the money keeps coming in at such a staggering rate to the NFL and that the profits keep going up and up where you find yourself a partner with a huge, a huge gambling corporation. You find yourself in bed with these folks. Isn't it fair? You talk about the players questioning their motives. Isn't it fair for us then to question your motives because now there are billions of dollars at stake. This is a very slippery slope for the NFL. So I would say, look, players, you should know better. But don't be wagging that finger too much at me, NFL, because you have kind of jumped into this uh, vortex. And I wonder if you're going to get in so deep that you won't be able to get out. Yeah, the NFL is very much so a do as I say, not as I do type of league. Um, so they, they're going to give you the rules, but that doesn't mean that the rules apply to them because they're the billionaires. They're the billion dollar business. So obviously you and I both know that betting on games, particularly on teams that you're on is a bad look. And, and, and we look, Pete Rose ain't taught y'all nothing. Calvin Ridley ain't taught y'all nothing. No, these people didn't teach y'all anything. Clearly it is not morality, uh, morally, excuse me, good to be doing these things. That is an awful, awful look. You can't do it. That being said, it's hilarious to me that the league that is telling these guys that they can't do it are basically about to allow betting sports books in stadiums, inside stadiums. The very stadiums that at one point you, you tried to tell us, oh, no, you can't do this and that. Now you're in bed with them. And now you this is a love affair going on. But no, they can't bet. Now, I, I want to be clear. I think that betting on games and you're a player is stupid. 
I think it's ridiculous. Get your your friend to do it, okay? Get somebody else. Betting on what kind of games, though? Any games? Because NFL says you can't bet on anything. They say you can't bet on any sport. I don't, right. I don't think that you should be able to bet on NFL games as an NFL player, but I do believe that you should be able to bet on any other sport because you have no effect on those other sports. Neither, and, and a lot of your you know, com- camaraderie, your, a lot of your colleagues are going to be in the leagues that you essentially play in, right? And not necessarily by large quantity in other leagues. So I think you should be able to bet on other leagues. I don't think you should be able to bet on your league. The problem is, is that Again, if you allow that, that becomes a slippery slope, which is why I believe they don't allow them to do any of them. But my thing is, is that you know the rule. You know the rule. And while we know that it's stupid, Holly, we can agree that it ain't the best rule. What I'm not going to do is put my money on the line just so I can win a little bet to give some chump change to go to the club with on a Sunday after well, I win the game. That's what I'm not gonna do. Well, well, that's where I disagree with you, though. That's, that's, that's where that's I disagree the rule. with you. That's the thing. That the rule is the rule. I, I don't agree with the rule, oh, no. but unfortunately, no, it no, no, that's not that's not our point of disagreement. I agree with you on that. Here's our okay. point of disagreement: that maybe it's not chump change. And maybe okay. it's not chump change for anybody, and so there are players. Who will look? There are some players who are just gonna be like, "Hey, um, uh, instead of saying my name is Calvin Ridley, I'll be Ridley Calvin." <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's some guys. You know, I mean, okay, there's some guys who will do that. Who just won't really do a good job of masking their identity. It's easy to come back to them, but like th- this is dangerous. That's why I say the NFL. I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'm not rooting for it, but I just know what it's like when people have money to make. People make poor decisions. They get really greedy. They get desperate. They lose their they, they they lose their ability to reason clearly and to think soberly. And they just start chasing money. And so yeah. mistakes happen. So I'm, I'm telling you, what's going to happen? We're going to find there's going to be somebody. It, it might be a player. It might be a coach. It might be a general manager, who is lured into a much bigger network than. $25 here and $50 here. You got a lot of people who are who got money to spend on the National Football League. They're invested. And what if they entice you with something that that it doubles your salary? If you're the 38th guy on the roster or the 42nd guy on the roster. I'm, I'm look, as I said, I'm not asking for it. I don't want anybody to ruin their career like that. But yeah. there are ways to do this once you start Getting into the gambling world, you're going to be dealing with some heavy hitters who want you to do certain things and they're willing to pay to get it. Well, we just talked about it 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago with Live Golf. Yep. Look what they were willing to do to establish themselves as a golf league. Now, ultimately, they went in, they went in, they went into City Hall and they were absorbed by City Hall. Live Golf. Okay, all right. We were the rebels for a while. Now we're just mainstream with the PGA. So some people will spend a lot of money to get what they want. And I wonder if we'll be having a different conversation. It's easy to just kind of jump on the players. All these guys should know better. Right. But there are a lot of people affiliated with the NFL GMs, coaches, owners. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. You already got 
fans and other people that got tinfoil hats on and believe that games are rigged. This doesn't this doesn't help any of that, right? It makes all of that worse when you start thinking about them being in bed with gambling. Because when things go a certain way, what do we always hear? Oh, that's Vegas doing it. Oh, that's Vegas. So yeah. this is already ugly. It's already, uh, 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 it's not the best relationship to have here. But now you're trying to tell your employees, well, you can't be in this relationship. It's just us at the top. Hmm. I don't like it. Hmm. I think there's some relationship analogies in the NBA Finals with the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets. Game three tomorrow night. We're going to talk about that next. Natalie is here. We're going to talk about that with Natalie coming up. I'm brother from another. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Those guys on Miami are, are are sitting there saying, well, I didn't play, or man, they put in so-and-so. Like, they're just all about winning. And and you know this from, from our, our groups that we've had. When, when, you, when you have that championship mentality, every guy's bought in. Every guy's just trying to win. Nobody, nobody cares about any of that stuff. You don't go into the locker room, you know, saying, well, I should have played more. You just, you just want to win. And that's the beauty of finding that magic when you have a championship team is that everybody's bought in and it makes the decisions for the coach um, really simple. You just go with, go with your gut and go with whoever's playing well. All right, that's Steve Kerr on the Draymond Green podcast, which is so interesting to me, Natalie. You know, I don't know what Draymond's future is with the Warriors. Uh, does it matter? Did Draymond have to go through the PR department, the media relations department to request Steve Kerr? Uh, they, they, that's a good question. They, 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 they treat him like another reporter. Does he text him? And come on, and then curves on the media relations department. Like, hey, look, Steve, you got to clear this with us because you said some things that are problematic. Now the beat writers are asking about it. Anyway, uh, Natalie, uh, what did you think about what uh, Kerr and Draymond were talking about as it relates to the NBA Finals? 
I just wish both of them would be quiet, to be honest. Like, if you're going to react to game two and talk about game we two. We can't hear Natalie. I don't know if Natalie is, Natalie is needs to unmute. <laughs> no. If, uh, if, if it's on our end or not. Try to. Can you hear me now? All right, there you go. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I heard it's her, like, and I heard her say she wants them to be quiet. That's what yes. I did. Uh, <laughs> I she said that she yes. wants them to STFU. Yes, I do. Because you know what? It was just unnecessary. And Steve Kerr ain't slick. We know. We know that he was um, taking some shots at his own team and complimenting, you know, the Heat. And I just think it's unnecessary. I, you know, like the Heat, yes, they do have players like that. The circumstances are different on the Warriors. And I, like, I just, I think going on Draymond Green's podcast, when you're going to have a lot to decide about Jordan Poole this summer, is quite a statement without him making a statement. Um, because you already at the end of the season said, we need Draymond, we can't win without him, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know, Steve Kerr comes on and at the beginning of this pod that you didn't hear was this love fest between the two of them where Draymond Green was just giving Steve Kerr all kinds of flowers. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve them, but it was a bit yeah. much. Hmm, is there a contract negotiation this season? So it was just so much. And then he makes these comments and it's like some people are saying like he thinks they were, they think it was directed at the front office. But even if it was, how is Jonathan Kaminga going to hear that? How is Jordan Poole going to hear that? You know, and like, if, if those guys aren't traded, you still need them to be a part of this team. So I just, I didn't, I didn't Listen, think it was necessary. Okay, but uh, uh, Natalie and Rita, tell me this. Let's say it was a shot, as this one says, subtle but brutal. And not that subtle either. Let's say it was a shot <laughs> at those guys. <laughs> Is it not? Is it not true? Like he could be taking a shot, but I agree with him. Hey, there's a point on and, and some teams never get there. That's why I enjoy this back and forth between Kerr and Draymond because they've been there four times. They, they, they've conquered it four times and they've been there more than that, but they know there's a certain mentality that you got to have to win a championship and some teams never quite get it. They have the talent to get it. They have the opportunity to get it, but they don't quite get that mental thing. So isn't it, it could be a nice little shot at the front office and his players, but it's also true. Is it not true what he said? Like, tell me the lie. Where were the lies? The problem is that it's, it's flawed reasoning. Like the teams that do have that mentality and reach that, they don't have it with, with uh, lottery picks that just came out. Those kinds of players are not typically on the team, right? And so you're asking players. Draymond Green's never been in that situation. The moment he came into the league, he came on into a playoff-ready team. Yeah, it was under Mark Jackson, but they were playoff-ready. And so, and he also was not a lotto pick. Draymond Green was a late second-round draft pick. Like saying that Jonathan Kaminga should not expect to play over the likes of uh, two-way players, right? who Steve Kerr opted to play all season and then who did not see the court in the postseason. So what are we doing? You're, you're, you're playing them. You're not developing your young guys. 
they there's a finite window that NBA players have to be NBA players, right? And their careers are short. And you're telling very talented players who actually have something to give and who actually need to be developed. That's the job. Do when they you bring those? Yes, they need to be developed. If you're not well, I'm going saying, to no, oh no, I no, I, I there was a little bit of a delay, like a second and a half. I okay. was responding to, I was responding to need to play. I, hey, listen. Well, they we don't need the, to play uh, on. They don't, well, they do need to play. We got play. the baby dubs. We got the where, 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 where's that team? The G League team. Where, <laughs> right. where are they? But what I'm where's saying is, if you're saying you don't need them, it's the baby dubs. You don't think you don't think Michael Holly, the Warriors could have used a player with Jonathan Kaminga's skill set in the Lakers series, right? So when no, I no. when I when I say you need to play, you know meaning I love you have to develop those guys because you actually need them to win games. If you're not going to have players that you can put in on the court, right? You weren't playing Anthony Lamb, so if you're not going to develop Kaminga to let him play, then what are you doing? So then trade them. So that's my point. When I say you need them, it's because if they don't play, they can't develop, and if they don't play and develop, then they can't help the team win. And the team needs more than the starting five to win. So, so the question I have, though, is that for you, when you hear that, Nat, is the philosophy or the fact that they said it out loud the bigger issue? Which one do you rank to be more of an offense, per se? Both. But Kerr's philosophy is aggravating. He's not a coach who's capable of developing players. It's not his strong suit, and he refuses to adjust. So to me, if he's not going to do that and he refuses, then the front office does have to act accordingly because you're you're wasting the young years of these players and you're also not giving your stars the help that they need to win. But, you know, he's praised all the time for being this media savvy person. And I'm like, I guess that was media savvy. But is it because you're complicating things, even in the potential negotiations for a trade or if they don't get traded and now you need to keep them on the team. Now you're like ruffling feathers for what? For what? <laughs> I just don't see the purpose. I don't see the, 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 the what it accomplishes. Well, Kerr and, and Draymond were talking about the NBA finals. Yes. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about teams that. that are playing exactly. in the NBA Finals. It's the Warriors. <laughs> not, not, oops, not the Warriors. No. Uh, not it's the, the Warriors. Nuggets, <laughs> the Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Yes. Game three tomorrow night. Uh, let's hear Jimmy Butler talking about Nikola Jokic. Fans have been playing incredibly well um, oh. this entire playoffs. I'll, I'll clean um, For sure this series. And this one, he got like the toughest matchup by far on the defensive side of the ball. And he plays with so much energy. He never takes a possession or a playoff. Uh, so you got to really respect him for that. And then on the offensive end, he's he's doing everything for us. So we need him to continually be that. He has been that for us all year long. Uh, and like I said, he, he's going to be the reason why we win the championship. Uh, and and uh, let me clean that up. It was obviously Jimmy Butler talking about Bam Adebayo, not Nikola Jokic, but Adebayo has to deal with Jokic, who could, I, I get the feeling, y'all, that he could score 50 points uh, if he needed to, but then what does that mean for the rest of the Denver Nuggets? You know, we had Eric Spolster lecture us and saying, oh, no, no, we didn't just want him to, we don't want him to just score points and not uh, have assists. That is the untrained basketball untrained, eye. Untrained. The untrained <laughs> basketball <laughs> eye. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the untrained basketball eye does see about these teams. 
and, and Rita, you mentioned relationships uh, at the end of our A block. And really, the Nuggets are, are in the place of the other teams that Miami dispatched on the way to the NBA Finals. And, and the other teams are, if, if I could just make them into a composite, they're that friend of yours who you like hanging out with a lot of the time. You like hanging out with them a lot of the time. They are fun. They're witty. You don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they just they, they 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 are the life of the party. They bring dynamism. They bring all these exciting things. But sometimes you just don't know who the hell you're going to get when you call them up. Like, where is this stank attitude coming from? Why are you so mean? Why is like just yesterday? We were hanging out yesterday. We were having a good time today. I don't know what to expect from you. That was the Celtics, especially are that kind of team. <laughs> One day they're great. <laughs> and then the other day, you're like, what the hell happened to you? But I'll tell you who Miami is. <laughs> Miami is the reliable friend, the reliable friend. They are pretty much steady every day, every day. You call, you need a ride somewhere, they got you. You need somebody to talk to, they got you. It ain't always perfect, but they're always there, always. And so I wonder, uh, Natalie, you first. I wonder if that's enough, just that it's talent plus consistency and discipline. I think that's going to give us our first totally unexpected NBA champion since 2004. I mean, totally unexpected when Detroit beat a star studded Lakers team. Is that going to be enough for Miami? That, That in their DNA, is that enough to win a championship? I think it can be enough. Will it be enough? Time will tell. I will tell you what, though. Like um, Mike Smith, I picked the Denver Nuggets in six, but I totally hedged. I said, I think the Heat can win. I think the Heat can win. And I didn't like the way that everyone was sort of doubting the Heat, so I almost wanted to just pick the Heat in defiance. But I want them to prove me wrong, and I want the Heat to win. Like, I'm in on this now because, look, both – Both sides have a compelling story. They really do. And I keep saying, like, it feels like two teams that are destined to win, but only one can win. I think the difference, I think the difference for the Miami Heat is just the margin of error. Like, they have enough, but they do have to be a little bit more perfect than maybe the Denver Nuggets do to win games. But, like you said, they're steady. So if they can remain steady and do what they have to do, and by the way, they're on to a good start because they did what they needed to, which was get one on the road. If they can continue, yes, they could. I'm not ready to say they will, but they definitely could be an eighth seed surprise champion. I agree with that. Um, I do think that they have the, the the tools that it takes to do it. They've done it thus far, right? They've done it the entire playoffs. They found a way to be consistent and it's allowed them to get to the point that they're at. And Nat and I um, hosted Friday and, you know, jokingly, I was like, I'm about to jump off the wagon. It's, it's, it's going to be the Nuggets and four. It's going to be a clean sweep. Now, and, and I said that too, guys, because I felt like, the Nuggets didn't play well, I didn't think, in game one. And yet, you know, they had such a, a, a wide, large margin in that game until the end, of course. And I just really felt like that their size was going to be an issue for um, Miami. But the one thing that I really loved about what they did in game two is is that I don't care what Coach Spo said. Everything about the whole allowing um, Jokic to score and then get less assists 
tells a lot about the story about how they won in game two. And so I'm not saying that, I'm not suggesting that they are like, we're okay with Jokic getting 50 points for the rest of this series. I'm sure that they're they're not, but ultimately there's nothing you can do about him. There's nothing you can do about him, but what you can do is neutralize everybody else that's around him potentially. And as, and as long as you make your shots and play the other guys defensively, you absolutely have a chance to win this series. So, I mean, I still do think that the Nuggets will win, but I definitely think that um, the Heat are just so over. They are just so overachieving. And I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I don't mean to be disrespectful by any means. Let me be clear. Because it feels disrespectful when you call someone an overachiever. I just yeah, feel yeah. like... I just feel like they, it feels like this task is so heavy for them, and yet they're in it. And that's the crazy part about this whole thing, about this whole playoff, quite it's, frankly. But you know what? But you know what? It's not disrespectful, Rita. It's not disrespectful to say they're over they're overachievers. Hell, I'm an overachiever. Hey, call, call me an overachiever. That's fine. That's not disrespectful. Now, it's disrespectful if you say you're overachieving, and that's the only reason. Right. You're winning now. They are overachieving and there's something else. Okay, and, and this is why hey and, and Gary bring up that headline. There's a headline that I'm starting to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've seen about 25 of these headlines this postseason. I'm gonna say this is all BS. Hey, the heat gave the nuggets or the nuggets got a wake-up call from the heat. The nuggets got a wake-up call. Okay, the nuggets got a wake-up call. The Celtics got a wake-up call. The Knicks got a wake-up call. Yep. Uh, the Bucks got a wake-up call. Ask Mike Budenholzer, who's no longer getting wake-up calls because he lost his job. <laughs> that's not funny. That's not funny. No, that not. You can oh, sleep a little no. later. That's just wrong. <laughs> that's just nasty. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. But listen, <laughs> it's not. It's not a. Is it a wake-up call or is it this? Rita, I know you're a baseball fan. All right. Everybody who watched Mariano Rivera close games for the Yankees. Everybody said the dude throws one pitch. It's a cutter. You go up there, look for the cutter, and you can beat him. But he threw that cutter with discipline. He threw that cutter at the right time. He was committed to it. Sometimes you got him. Most of the time you didn't. You knew what was coming. But he was so he was such a scientist at what he was doing. It didn't matter that you knew he had the will. He had intelligence. He had discipline and you couldn't beat him. And you didn't realize that until you played him until you faced him. He made it. It looks easy when you're on the outside looking in. But when you're standing up there 60 feet away from Mariano Rivera and that cutter is coming, you know, it's coming, but it looks different. It's hard to hit. And I think all these teams have been fooled by watching other people play the Miami Heat. Oh, you know what? We got Jimmy. Okay, okay, Duncan Robinson, he ain't nothing. Oh, I played against Bam. I can control him. And then when you see it all come together, Natalie, ooh, it's more than you expected. And you find yourself in a street fight. And if you ain't, and a lot of people ain't ready for a street fight, myself included. If you ain't ready for a street fight, you go lose. Well, by I think the that's way. what happened with Miami. Yeah, I and to your point, I actually think people also overreacted a little bit to the Nuggets sweeping the heat. I think yeah. that made them feel like, oh, they're a juggernaut. And again, the, the, the Denver Nuggets are a very good team. 
So, but I want people to re remember the entire postseason and the entire regular season. They won 53 games, which is actually not that much, right? Like, it, that's usually like a four or five seed, maybe a six seed, right? So they're one of the lower winning number one seeds in NBA history, right? And then the games were sort of close with the Timberwolves. Yeah, it was a 4-1 series, but they were close. It could have gone six. The Suns did push them six with, what, four players on the team? The Suns don't got nobody <laughs> on that squad, you know? And so, and, and the Lakers, they swept the Lakers, but those were all close games that if something just yeah. goes a little different here, a little different there. So I just feel like the sweep, though, kind of made everyone say, oh, you know? And I think the, I think the, the, the Heat actually faced tougher opponents, you know, than the Nuggets had to. They had the Bucks. And yes, Giannis missed a couple games, but he came back. He was there for game four. He was there for game five, you know, and they beat the Celtics who were, yes, inconsistent, but the number one and two top team in the NBA, not just in the East for the entire season and who were much closer to a 60-win team than any team that the Nuggets played. So I think we really need to stop all this, you know, oh, look yeah. at who the Heat played, downplaying their competition, like, I think these teams are probably closer than we think. Jokic is the clear best player in the series. But, you know, I think they're going to give us a series. And I just want to sit back and enjoy it with no vested interest. <laughs> <laughs> stress-free. That's the best thing, to be stress-free. When you got guys that are, okay, because you mentioned Jokic is obviously the best player right now in the in the finals. But the, the Heat, what they have is they got a bunch, they just have a bunch of guys that's, that's, ready to play. They're like, look, I'm just going to grab my pail. I'm going to put my boots on. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to put my hat on and I'm just going to work. So while the names aren't as recognizable as Jokic, and I know that, you know, Jimmy Butler, we, we, we praised him over, over time, but as of right now, I mean, like Bam is playing his best basketball. He could potentially be a series MVP if they find a way to win this series. So it's just guys on different nights are doing different things within this whole playoffs. It really feels like, you know, last series we talked about the Caleb Martin and then now this series I'm saying that Bam to me has been the more consistent player in the first two games. So it, it really is about being a team effort with the Miami Heat. When someone's slacking, there's other players that are there to help them pick themselves up and to keep them moving. And to me, that's how they've gotten this far. You really need your supporting cast to have your back when you're struggling if you're a star player of your team. For sure. All right, hey, listen, that you just you just dropped the mic on that one, huh? Natalie's like, yeah, that's right. All right, <laughs> hey, 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 yeah, that's right. Okay, and that's it. And that's it. Listen, Natalie, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Rita. Thank you on this NBA topic. I know it's the NFL chick, but listen, Rita, you start off you talk golf, you got football, Little you got bit, the I'm NBA. Trying. <laughs> I mentioned, I mentioned baseball. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna throw a little baseball at you. Yeah. Coming up now in that's a where it gets real. That's where it's gonna get real. She versatile. Okay. She versatile. We like that in our in All our right. rappers. We like that in our hosts too. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Coming up, we're talking some MLB with the NFL chick. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, Rita, as promised, we're going to talk some baseball. And look, uh, this is going to challenge our relationship, Rita. Uh, this is really going to challenge us, especially, especially if you agree with these rankings that are on the screen right now. The rankings say the number one team is a team I despise most in all the sports, not just baseball. We, well, we, we, <laughs> we've talked about I this. I can't stand the Tampa Bay Rays. So if you think they're the number one team, then we got something to talk about. But uh, it's really, it's really interesting. You see the, the Orioles are third ahead of the Dodgers, ahead of the Yankees, ahead of the Blue Jays. I'll tell you, the team in my town doesn't even show up on the list. But they're, the they're there. I mean, it's just a top, it's they a top stink. 10. They're there. They're, they they're hanging around, though. They're terrible. Hey, look, they're, they're terrible. And they're, like, they're one of those people who got money, but then act cheap. Like, you got money. You got money. <laughs> You've been sold out for like 100 years. You got a TV network that you operate. The owner of the Globe owns like Premier, Premier League uh, uh, soccer teams. And uh, he owns the Boston Globe. He's in partnership with LeBron James and Maverick Cardinal. He got all kinds of stuff going on. They act like they're the uh, sad sack, cheap Tampa Bay Rays. Anyway, uh, what about this power ranking uh, list stands out to, to you? Because I know what stands out to me. What stands out to you? A couple things, right? Uh, the fact that there are four AL East, AL East teams. And I absolutely hate being in AL East as an Orioles fan. Um, because I am really tired of the rest of everyone else being better. And even though we're playing much better right now, you still got to fight with everyone else. Hate that. Um, I don't understand why the Dodgers are ahead of the Yankees when they just beat that series. The Yankees did. They won uh, two out of three of those series pretty handedly, by the way. So I'm confused about that. The Diamondbacks, man, where did they come from? That, I mean, I just feel like that they've just gotten good out of nowhere. I think at one point last week, they had the uh, best record in the National League of all National League. So that's been interesting. You mentioned the Orioles being three. I think the reason why they are three is because they're the first team with 20 road wins. They were the first team. 
which is, I mean, huge, man, for a team that is very young. You can't name an, a, an ace pitcher that they have. You might be able to name two guys that they have offensively, maybe. Of course, I can. But you, Holly, you might be able to name two. But they don't have no real ace. And they're out here winning on the road the way that they did being the first team. That's that's huge. So they have to be three. I guess you got to give the, the, the Rays one because they have the best record. But I hate them, too. Um, they're just so underwhelming to me. And then, you know they're not going to win the World Series, right? Like, I mean, come on. You do this every year. You get good. You yeah. you, you have good players. You don't pay all your players a whole lot of money, but uh. you find ways to win. You know, I think uh, McClellan just got to nine wins last night. But then ultimately, the World Series is going to come, and y'all going to come up short. I I'm sick of the Rays, honestly. I just, I don't even I, I am too. But I'll tell you who I'm not <laughs> sick of. I'll tell you okay. who I'm not sick of, and this is what stands out to me. On that on that list, your Baltimore Orioles. Seriously, I would say that if you were here or not. I'm serious. It's the Baltimore Orioles. I saw them first series of the season at Fenway Park where it was, you know, opening day, I think it was like 39 degrees. Like, why they have it was opening super day cold up there. in March. <laughs> it's the Northeast. It's March. Don't play baseball in the Northeast in March. You could you could really do this, Major League Baseball. You could do it. There are enough teams in domes and in in the Southeast and in, in the West and Southwest where you can have the whole league open the season where everybody's happy and there are no rainouts, snow, uh, like games postponed by snowstorms. You could do this whole thing. But anyway, I digress. I saw them at the beginning of the season. And all the scores in those games were like 10 to 9, 9 to 7. Yep. They were going to extra innings a couple of times. Nobody could pitch. And I said, okay, both of these teams are going to be, you know, they'll be entertaining, but they won't be that good. The Orioles, though, separated from the rest of the division. You said they're young, they're very talented, and yep. they executed. They have executed. So I'm happy. I'm happy for Baltimore. I wish you all could get a new owner. Uh, for that team, because you you deserve you deserve better in Baltimore. Baltimore is a great, as you know. I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Baltimore is a great sports town, particularly in football. Had some terrible football owners, uh, football owner who's now uh, uh, in Indianapolis, and baseball. It's some it's a great baseball town yes. with just a horrible owner. So I'm just I'm I'm hopeful that things will turn around for the Baltimore Orioles. Not only will you win, you get to the playoffs and win it. When's the last time the Orioles won a World Series? I yeah, was like 1983 four. or something. I was four. Uh huh. I was four. Wow. Uh, and so you know I have a I, I I have a very very short memory of being at the parade. And so I can't imagine what the city would look like 40 years later because it's been 40 years. I have no idea what this city. I feel like we might burn it down. It might, it might do not be there the next day. Don't do that. If they win the World Series. <laughs> Don't do that. Like, see, and, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stand up for Baltimore, and then you're gonna say. <laughs> And listen, we might burn the city. Listen, if the Orioles I win the World Series, I, I hope y'all don't I can't win. Can't guarantee the city is going to be uh, a wreck the next day. It's just, I'm just, I'm sorry. It might not be there anymore. Hey. But we had a blast going to bringing it down because the Orioles won the World Series. <laughs> I love the East Coast. I grew up in the Midwest. I love the East Coast. Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. 
They were climbing street poles. Yep. They were like, what y'all doing? Hey, that, like, that's you nothing, won. Holly. That's nothing, Holly. When the Ravens won in 2012, they climbed the stadium walls to get in because they had closed off the doors because it was over capacity. They were climbing the stadium walls. We're a crazy city, but we have a good time. <laughs> some people can't take anywhere. Some people just can't take anywhere. But I hope, but I hope they win anyway. <laughs> Me too. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. That in fact, the challenges that we faced 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. So, so that was presidential candidate Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott and, and Rita, I gotta tell you, look, um, if you take the R away from his name, if you take the R from behind his name, I'm not really surprised that he has this, uh, I'm gonna be charitable and call it a very surface view of racial progress because there are a lot of people who just look at it that way. He looks at the on-air host of these networks that he named. But what about the structure? How about the front office? How about the president? How about the <laughs> vice president? How about like, how about the people who are like running the actual network? So I, I think this is not unusual, Al although I, I, I would love to just go in and just focus on Tim Scott and, and uh, say, man, you don't get it. But I think there are a lot of people who look at race and racism in this way where it's just very it's anything I see on the surface then that's racial progress without really getting into the the systemic aspect of it what do you think yeah I believe that people choose to be obtuse about these types of things because it doesn't fit their narrative 
So this is a man that's that's running for president. He's going to try to get the black vote. So he has to say things that, you know, sound good. Okay, so you mentioned Obama. He's one of 46. You mentioned, you know, all these other examples. And they're they're absolutely exceptions and not the rules. And there's too much data out here that agrees with the fact that racism and white supremacy exists. And because of that suppresses other groups of race. So the fact that, oh, that we're integrated and that people can make money now, you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean that racism is dead. It, it doesn't mean that black people still don't have racial issues that they deal with from a professional and personal financial level. It just simply means that you're running for president and you just want to give us a bunch of crap to make it yeah. look cute and put a bow on it, put some lipstick on it. But it's still a pig, Tim Scott. It's still a racist pig. Yeah. Not look at me. Up. Look at me. Racism doesn't exist. I got my own show. Racism doesn't exist. I mean, I, I mean, not, if I said that, that would be like, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I don't know. But Rita, listen, I've enjoyed this show. I've enjoyed doing this show with you. You had, you, you're in your bag today. What else can you talk about? What else? What, what, what else? you want to talk MMA? about? I got to keep up with you. I got to keep up with you. How about, what else you got? What Next show, what are we talking about? We got to, something different, something we didn't talk about today. What is it? MMA? Boxing? Boxing. We got a fight coming up in July. Let's do it. All right, we're going to do that. Thank you, Rita. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.